Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. So welcome back to episode two of the One Punch Pod on BT Sport. Me, Brian Lacey, alongside... Brad One Punch Big. There he is, mate. There he is. Uh, look, thank you for joining us. We are also on YouTube now, so we'll give it a camera stare. Some flexing. You flex bigger than me, mate. Go. And if you want to check that out, that's amazing. That's going to be up on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash BT Sport. So you can not only hear us talk... You can see, you can see the chemistry. I definitely have the face for video. You, you know? Yeah, 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 mate, mate. Camera over this way, please, mate. <laughs> but look, episode one, let's jump back to uh, the response we got for that. First of all, thank you. Everyone that downloaded it, listened to it, shared it, rated and reviewed, tweeted BT Sport at UFC uh, and on Instagram to let them know how much they enjoyed it. it, it we, we weren't, it was great to be out and on the platform of BT Sport, but we weren't expecting quite a response like that, were we? No, it was truly amazing. The responses I got from, uh, obviously, friends, fans and stuff. We even got some fan art. You know. That's the, do you know, this is what yeah. I noticed as well. We've misjudged our audience audience mate yeah. we're thinking mma fans yet we had fan art come in so we had uh, an artist yeah an artist that's it at doodle underscore draws on twitter Do- mr doodle draws sent us a picture of us two off the back of us post- i wasn't as super happy of it because you look really tall mate to i am me, i am huge mate and they, they definitely cut a few pounds off my belly which which i really appreciate but i think you got the height and range absolutely perfect and i think when no. you're looking at that you're now readjusting your mind as to how easily you'd beat me in a fight yeah, you get under the if you levels take you down two Listen, seconds. You don't want any of this. You don't want. To, you don't. You don't want a three piece also, of soda. We, do you? we, no. uh, we come to agreement today on today's show because it's on camera as well that you said you wanted to experience the prospect slaps. That's, I don't remember saying that, mate. Sure? I, don't, I don't remember saying that. I don't think. I think you. Oh, yeah, oh. even that looks like it's gonna hurt. Um, but we and then we had a poem as well. So we had fan art. And we had a poem, so we've actually got very whimsical, bohemian fans. So I'm thinking, I know we're going to talk a lot of fights and it's going to be very manly and I'm very butch, but... <laughs> what? Pat Butch. <laughs> but, but I think we're going to have to add something like a poetry corner into this as yeah. a segment. Maybe we do a wine and cheese of the week. <laughs> yeah? What do you reckon? Yeah, wine and cheese, yeah. Breakout yeah. acoustic artists. In fact, what we've got... I, now, I think well, the wine and cheese, me just whine a little bit and you're very I'm cheesy. I'm very cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, look at that. You've, I'm supposed to be the comedian. I'm supposed to be the comedian, but Are I'm you? slowly retiring. Yeah, yeah. But also, so we've had fan art, we've had poetry, so now what we need to do is get people to do other mediums of rating our thing. So if somebody could, in contemporary dance, let us know how this show makes them feel, that would be great if we get one of those videos. Yeah, yeah, that May- sounds maybe abstract art piece, something else, okay. uh, a sculpture. 
Uh, but what we are basically saying here with this long-winded intro is thank you. Thanks for thanks for the response. We're now down to seven weeks to make this happen with BT Sport. Uh, they, they seem very happy with us. They, they let us out for oxygen earlier today. They said you can get some food, <laughs> food before the recording today. Half a banana each and uh, yeah. a cup of rainwater was uh, was what they provided. But we've uh, we're, we're here. So if you want to get involved and if you want to help this podcast grow, please get in touch with us on our social media at Brian Lacey MMA and at one underscore punch. Let BT Sport know what you think as well at BT Sport UFC on Twitter and at BT Sport on uh, on Instagram. And also give us a rate and review. If you go in on iTunes, just stick out lovely little five stars and a little review and that'll help us grow and show them that this is the sort of thing you want. That's right, isn't it? It is what you want. It's, you know, what, it's, what, it's, it's, it's what you want. It's what you want. It is. So let's talk what we're going to talk about today. So we are going to talk about, obviously, UFC London. We'll look back at the main event, all the other fights. We've got interviews with Molly McCann uh, coming to the back of her win. And some of I've forgotten his name, Nathan. Change Man. Nathaniel the Change Man Wood will be joining us as well. And then we'll also have a little look forward at the fight night, UFC fight night in Nashville. That's Wonderboy Thompson versus Anthony Pettis. So let's get stuck into it because there's plenty to talk about mate you were there that main event is where we're going to start because we've got um so much to talk about it's a fight that lived up to the build-up which i thought was amazing and it's a fight that showed you don't necessarily have to trash talk for people to get excited about a no, fight just no. the matchup itself the two personalities was enough and they lived up to it right yeah it was man that was a crazy great crazy and to a, what i thought was probably in my eyes one of the best cards Main cards, I say, in uh, on UK soil. Yeah, from the first one to the last one, but yeah, man, that's how you silence the crowd. That's that was... that, that, let's, let's we'll jump to the into the fight in a second. But what I liked about the build up as well, there's a couple of things I like. Masvidal at the open workouts. First of all, his character came through <laughs> throughout. But Masvidal at the open workouts, teaching street defense. Yeah, street defense, headbutts, low yeah. kicks. Uh, biting, People gouging. Don't realize he's a street kid. He's, you know? a, he's a street kid. But then the other thing that caught my eye quite literally uh, during fight week was Darren Tillard got his teeth done. Did you see that? He no. had all his teeth done, nice, bright, pearly whites. And for me, as a fighter, isn't that a little bit like getting a Ferrari before you've learned to drive? No, I don't know. You're going to crash into no. a wall at some point. Yeah, aren't you? true, true. As in, like, uh, but also, he doesn't look as right when you're losing so much weight as well, because it makes him stand out <laughs> even more. Yeah. Like Ross Geller on Friends. There you go. That's, that's it. But, uh, but, but the fight as well, let's jump into that. The atmosphere was unreal. I watched it late night in Russia after the event I was at, and we had loads of people gathered around watching it. I he, was he, there. You were there. I, I, I you know. Don't you uh, want to hear about what the event, what the no, atmosphere no, was like no. in a, a small bar in Russia no, with thirteen no. people? I can tell you that, mate. I can yeah. tell you, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a goat in the corner. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, like always, the the O2 is always sold out. Always is, but it's, it's always special, you know. You know, the English crowds are very passionate. The same as like, I mean, the UK. It's the UK. Like, you go to Ireland, you go to Scotland. Yeah. They always have. I think it's because we don't come here as much as we like to. Yeah. So, like. People just go go crazy over over a fight night here yeah. on UK soil, but yeah, the O2 for me when I fought there was amazing, and just even being there now is in a different view. Search, I say, was still fantastic. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk to you a little bit about that before we speak to Nathaniel as well, just about how it was being there as as a coach, not not just a fighter, just that experience from that perspective. But the fight itself, 
Masvidal said at the start, I'm just going to come forward. What he didn't say is I'm going to kick him straight in the uh, in the groin, was it? That was that's something just showing how effective street defence was. That was literally like, that was, was, that was, like was, something I come through with. He went sideways <laughs> and just side chopped him. Ding! Like, there you shot. go. There, yeah. Well, if you wanted to know if you were in a fight, that will let you know that. Okay, we're All right, in a fight. Right, round one, round yeah. one, we're, we're off. But luckily, that didn't affect. Him. That ended the fight there. And then, could you imagine, imagine that? Imagine. Oh, yeah. dude. Uh, but it didn't. And um, the opening was it minute where. Uh, Tilst just looked huge compared to him and caught him with the left hand and dropped him. Yeah. Everybody in the arena went nuts for that and it felt like they were going to come, but Masvidal is is like, a, he said when he was down there, he, he said, if that, this guy lets me back up, if he doesn't finish me now, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get back, I'm going to hurt you saw, him. You just saw him, Masvidal, when he, even when he got dropped, he hit the floor. It was only a flash knockdown and he was smiling when he was on the yeah. floor. He like, yeah. this, this guy loves to fight. Inside, inside, nothing's going to outside. He just loves the fight. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But you know, for me, when I, when I look at that fight, down to look, like I say, very strong. You know, for me, but Huge. The, the size of Arnold Johnny really matters for me. Is in, in grappling and wrestling doesn't matter too much in in the striking. I mean, yes, you maybe have a bit more power behind your punches, but I also think when you cut so much weight, it makes you a little bit more vulnerable. Isn't like he was getting hit a little bit, and I was like. Masvidal, to be honest, even though he's got sharp pop, he's not known as a puncher puncher. No. Not to like what he did that 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 yeah. night, you know. But it just shows that sometimes cutting too much weight, I think that could be a toll. And and like I'm not trying to tell Darren Till to reinvent himself, but I think now two on the bounce, getting dropped, uh, submitted and dropped, so finished yeah. two two times. Yeah, maybe he needs to go. You know what? I'm gonna enjoy my life a bit, enjoy my camps a bit, but. And be a bit bigger because, like again, Masvidal was the same thing. He used to five fifty five. Yeah. Now he's gone up to one seventy. Yeah. You know, so like he feels better for it. And he looks better for it. Looks so right. I think maybe things have to go wrong before you try and make things right. And uh, I think Darren Till may have a little. Well, if I was part of his team, I'd say I have a proper think about it. Like. Let's move up a weight class. Let's, let's reinvent yourself. Yeah, he looked he looked huge, and, and you only have to look at someone like Dustin Poirier, who's made that move up exactly. and is now fighting for that interim title, and got clipped by Conor McGregor. Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I think you're exactly right. I think Till's now got to look at the balance he's going to make by cutting so much weight, trying to gain that advantage, as opposed to living a healthier life, being happier, and and maybe even improving the chin. Because this is the thing about weight cutting. Water off your brain is the first place you lose it. It's the last place to rehydrate. So that's a a medical fact. So... Also, say with stars, like I say, if he was a, a, like a newsman, like a grab, then okay, maybe you want to try and cut a lot more weight and be that bigger physical guy. He's a striker, so I don't think cutting weight is going to be that effective for him. You know, yeah, so. yeah. And uh, let's let's flip it back to the uh, the the boxing, the striking of Masvidal, because what was great is he caught him from the southpaw stance. He said that they'd been planning on that. This is a, a, one of the new tools in his box that that he'd been working on. That that left hook stepping in. He got a good read on on Darren Till. And uh, I think just opening up that, just mixing it up a little bit, being the mixed martial artist, open up that left hand, and and it was clean, man. It was right on the draw. draw. I mean, I was speaking to my Brown before and also after that, and he said to me, he was a little bit concerned before with Masvidal, like being away for this long time doing doing uh, that reality show he did. Yeah, and but he said when he came back. He looked like a different person in the gym. Yeah. He just charged energy, you know, fell in love with the game again. Yeah. And he said to me also on another note that he doesn't know another fighter that has 
more weapons. He put he, that on social yeah, media. And yeah. I thought that is that is as high praise as you can get from anyone. He yeah. said that there's not there's not another mixed martial artist with more tools, more weapons to use it in the cage than Masvidal. And I mean, like, good job. Be you know, that's not a real thing. He has more him with loads of weapons could be dangerous, you know. But uh, yeah, <laughs> nunchucks would be fun. That's, I'd like to see Masvidal with nunchucks. Yeah, but like, like I'm saying, there's like there's a bit of the old like old school kind of. Um, Vandalay Silver, where you yeah. switch shoe box sort of style, where you switch and stance by punching forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a cracking hook. Stunning finish, and then also what I was really impressed with was his speech straight away afterwards. Like he straight away called for the crowd, "Don't be down on this guy. This kid is." I say kid. That's sort yeah. of him talking about him being ten years younger. This this guy's twenty four years old. I'm thirty four. He will be your lion. He will be. So don't beat on him now. Yeah. Help build this what will be a superstar up there. And I thought that just showed class. He's an animal as far as if you engage with him, but he is a class act, right? Yeah, 100% leading up to the fight. I was saying there's no trash talk. It was kind of like a breath of fresh air when you see two fighters just want to go in there and have a fight. Awesome. And like a lot of respect for each other. You know? Yeah, speaking of a lot of respect for each other, the post-fight interview with, with Masvidal backstage turned into something a little bit extra that caught all the headlines and might set the story for what happens next within this division between these two fighters. So Masvidal has been interviewed, I believe, for UFC, for one of their channels in America, and then Leon walks past, makes a comment about beating him up in July, and you don't... Oh, I was actually there when it You were when there? It, yeah, I was there when it happened. Well, yeah. I'll shut up then, go. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, basically it was, Masvidal was just doing his interview, and Leon was walking past, and he was saying like, hey, let's get it on in uh, International Fight Week in July or something like that. And Masvidal was like, he said it as just like a passing comment kind of thing, and like you saw Masvidal, hey, you know, what's up kind of thing, and then... He, he saw myself. He comes up to my face, sort of thing, and he just took a bean line toward, towards him. <laughs> Hands behind his back. Hands behind his back, you know. Yeah. But then he, they came out pretty quick, you know. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's one of those, in a way, it's kind of like, you saw him, even within all these sort of, these even fine situations, he's, he's just calm. He's calm. He was really calm, kind of forward, yeah. and just free, uh, free piece and soda. <laughs> uh, and that was it. It's was, it was like, it all, and then it just went blew up. And then everyone, I was like, what's going on? Me and Mike Brown was like, oh my God, what's going on here? And like, you know, it just went mental. And, and when, when I went, got separate, help separating them, and I went around the side, I was just like, yeah, whatever, you know, like, Dude, this, this is a different animal. That's that's what he's. Yeah, that's the thing, guys. Like, like, like you say, you, you, like you say, he's a street kid, you know, like, uh, and I don't mean that in, in a bad way. He's just, just how he's brought up, you know, like, you respect me, I respect you. You don't respect me, I'm fighting you. You know, and yeah. uh, and that's the new, I think with the Conor McGregor snowball effect, a lot of people think they need to talk trash and talk trash to hype up a fight. Were you hyped up for the Till Masvidal fight? Yeah, hundred percent. Was there any trash talk? Zero. None. So yeah. you, so your hype's so like. He's, he's people, people trash talk now thinking there's no consequence. So they'll say the most ridiculous... Let's, let's talk about one of Masvidal's friends, Colby Covington, will yeah. say the most crazy stuff yeah. and think there's no consequence. Then he gets a boomerang thrown at him by Vadum. Yeah, but, but even on that, that note, Masvidal's kind of stepped away from Kobe a little bit, you know, yeah. like, because it's like, uh, yeah, he's not about that life, you know. He's not about... He's just, he wants to just get in there and fight, and it's yeah. cool, you know. So, uh, and I, in, in a weird way, if you saw... Um, a tweet by uh, Ali Aziz saying, like, they want Usman to fight Mazanov next, you know, because he says, why do you want to give that punk Kobe uh, a title shot? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so with Kobe, with his actions, kind of maybe shooting himself in the foot, because I think this time more than ever, 
where I think champions do have a little bit more power in who, who they choose to fight. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I saw an interview with Masvidal, and they questioned him. So, well, obviously, it's a difficult situation for you now. He said, Colby Covington looks like he's next in line. If he gets the title, what does that mean? And Masvidal, without missing a beat, said, listen, if my mum had the title, she better give it up. If my mum had the title, she better give it up. Okay, he said, my job is to feed my family. I have children, yeah. I've got to provide for them. If that belt gets me my my family more money, whoever's got it round their waist. And so that says a lot. Well, they'll be eating at the moment. You've got two bonuses. So <laughs> I think they'll be fine. They are fine for a few they, months. They'll be all right. But just the attitude, that's different from him again, yeah. isn't it? I know what I love about Jorge Masvidal is he makes anything cool. Yeah. Anything cool. Like so he cool. said he said I shouldn't know. Listen, I I consider myself I'm going to I'm going to break this little bit of news. Like I I consider myself at some points when I'm on my own driving down the motorway back from a comedy gig or been doing some commentary for for you MMA. Listen to a bit of like hip hop on Listen, radio, yeah. I uh, yeah, I I bust out the old uh, Coolio Gangsters Paradise every right, so yeah. often, mate. You can picture it. Warren G regulate I know all the yeah, words, all right? right yeah. I will be da down the M6 coming back and I will consider myself pretty cool. Yeah, I look at my life, I look at the jobs I do, and I think, you know what, Brian, you're pretty cool. But then I see Jorge Masvidal say a three-piece and soda. And, and I'm like, I shouldn't know what that means, but I know exactly what it means, mate. If I said to you, listen, I'm going to dish you up some roast beef with some carrots and potatoes and a side of gravy, you wouldn't think I'm going to punch you in the face, would you? <laughs> no. no. You think, I'm a, you nice. think I'm a free Sunday. That's what you probably yeah, yeah. think. Whereas Jorge, in fact, even his name, Jorge, George. George is not the hardest name in the world. If you said to me, George is going to come and he wants your dinner money, Bring on George. If you said to me, Jorge's coming, he wants his dinner money, I'm making him dinner. <laughs> this is it. I, I've lived with that. I've, my name's Brian. That's the I mean, least like, cool name in the world. Like, but Brian, and he's, he's managed to make George cool. That's what yeah, he's done. Yeah, he has. As in, like, uh, obviously, uh, I don't know if everyone saw it, but the tribute he paid for me uh, at the presser before, you know, like. Uh, he paid, he, yeah, yeah. So, like, but when you say, no, I was his favorite fight, I mean, like, not being funny, as in, like, I've got. To, I mean, like he's he's fine now. I fell in love with the guy. I mean, like he's not just for how he's for. It's just everything. He just. I mean, like he's. Uh, I've been training with him a little bit before the fight and that. And obviously, I remember from America, Dr. Mick. But he's such a cool guy. But uh, that, like, on my Instagram, I'll like, be putting like uh, interviewing him and put a, like a bunny filter on it. And, and he's just like, I saw, saw that when he was weight cutting. Yeah, he was, he's giving a message. Like, you, you put a filter on, haven't you? Yeah, you put a he, filter on. Yeah, I just get on with him. He's, he's such a cool, cool guy. But yeah, obviously, I'm, I don't condone his actions and what he did, you know, because yeah, we're trying to clean up the sport and all that sort of stuff. But then you got there's got to be consequences sometimes to actions. I mean, not just actions that Masvidal did. There will be consequences for what he did, mm. but there are only consequences for what Leon said. Yeah. So he, it's like it's just like a, a ball in motion. Like what Leon did caused that reaction, which now is going to cause the the further reaction, and then may see like a a further reaction, yeah. like we saw with the Khabib and, and Connor, where yeah. it fuel a lot of fuel on the fire to help promote a fight. And uh, and would you want to see Leon versus Maslow? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I would. No, yeah. I think I think that's you, actually generally was when you see, you see a lot of make believe uh, beef yeah. all the time, but when you when there's some real Yorkshire beef, you know, like <laughs> back on beef, mate. <laughs> yeah. Now I've mentioned Sunday lunch. You can't yeah. stop thinking about it, but can you? When, when there's like some genuine like bad blood, yeah. it does really yeah. genuine. Like I mean, like Jorge actually hit him and cut Leon's yeah, eye open. Cheek, you yeah. know, so yeah. fair props to um. Leon, he's not actually going to press charges. Uh, I think it would have been a bit look bad on him if he did. Yeah. Uh, but he, he hasn't anyway. It's mm. a fair play to him, you know. But I say now the stories are in front of a fight, you know. I, I, now moving on to Leon a little bit, 
his performance against Gunnar was sensational. I thought he looked really, really good. I don't know how it was a split decision. There was a few decisions on that card. I thought the judges are a bit strange because there's a few split decisions where one judge gave 30-27 to one fire and uh, one to the other fire. So I'm like, you, you weren't, what's going on? Which you watching fights in different yeah. directions? Yeah. Thing. So um, obviously not getting the same scoring criteria because they've got completely two different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But going back to Leon's fight, I mean like, before he, he was like a, just a really good striker, but now you see that he's got his wrestling in. And, and Putting it together. He's wrestling. Yeah. And a game plan as and, well. And he, and he out kind of like, he out grappled Gunner in certain positions. You know, when I say grappled, it wasn't like a jujitsu match grappling. It was like MMA wrestling grappling that I was talking about. And he, and he, he looked phenomenal as well. I thought he looked really, really good. And and to say that he was taken down in the first minute as well, Gunnar Nelson took him down for him to get back up. That was a big statement. But then the performance throughout that fight, I thought, was stunning. When he got back to the corner in the first round, they actually sat and said, "Look, you're not doing the game plan. Great wrestling." You've won that round, but let's let's stay disciplined. Yeah. Let's let's do what we what we do. And he did that. Uh, got mounted for the last fifty seconds, but again survived. No, like. But then he was he was smart as well. You can see how he's matured as a fighter. He's got Gunnar Nelson mounted you, and he didn't panic. Yeah, he's just like I'm just gonna hold on to him. I'm not won this fight. You know, I just need to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he did. You know, like he could have like buck panic, and then like. You give Gunnar Nelson. Oh, that's a, you, you put a, something a, up and he's got it. He's, he's got it. You know, so yeah. it was a very smart, like I say. So I was impressed with his performance, um, and uh, I'm interested with fight with him and Masvidal. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think Masvidal may jump Kobe with a title really? shot. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I kind of have that. If feeling. that comes round, you can't blame him for not taking him. If it doesn't, then uh, they've got the promo for yeah. Leon Edwards if, versus. Darren Till doesn't go up at weight. Maybe they could do Leon Till, but I don't think I, they would. Win and loss, they rarely do that yeah. together. And I think this puts for for me, Edwards has not been in a better position than this. Seven fight win streak, but not a load of hype behind him. Even though he's beaten Cowboy on that run, this performance was amazing. But then to top it off, the extra that has come with the yeah. Masvidal uh, fracas, the, the little altercation afterwards. Yeah, the three-piece and soda. The three-piece and soda, the roast beef, potatoes, and extra bit of gravy, all yeah. that that goes with it. He has to make the most of that opportunity, the fact that he's got a light on him now, right? Of course, 100%, 100%. So it'd be interesting to see what, what comes from this. You know? Yeah, we'll see. I just want to mention one other thing as well, because you talked about, we'll jump back just, just to Masvidal very quickly, because you talked that Mike Brown had said he'd never seen him looser or freer and just better training in the gym, just the attitude towards the but he actually uh, did an interview with ESPN and um, during that interview he said that he demons had demons and he had to get them seen to so he, yeah. he's been going through therapy he did this bit where he went off and uh, um, well, it was in nature for, for the reality yeah. TV show he said he had a lot of time to himself time to himself but for him to openly be talking about mental health I thought was, was really powerful really strong because this sport comes with a lot of pressure this sport is, is a, a mental game as well you you disappear you know this I say, I say I, I'm saying more than anything your mind is the most important muscle in your whole body yeah it's the most important thing in your body you know because your mind tells you what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, you know, so. and judges you and that voice in your head. But I just thought it was good to see Masvidal talk about that, especially with the stuff that's going on with Tony Ferguson on social media with him now getting help from the UFC to try and get through what he's going through. People like GSP had obviously had stuff like that. So I think once again, when we're just talking about Masvidal's performance and then 
the way he talks and he brings himself across. I think we just got to give him a little nod that as a man that um, is classed as one of the baddest men to do this sport, as in a real street guy, for him to be talking openly about mental health right now, that's 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 impressive as well, yeah? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So we had the other standout fights. We'll just go through a couple of them, just get a short take on them. The Marshman-Phillips fight, I know you had some issues with the scoring on that yeah. one as well, but great first round and then Marshman back and forth first round. Then Marshman sort of stepped off and used his clinical boxing while... Phillips was trying to make this more of a brawl and chasing him, trying to get get the hooks off and trying to get the power shots off. You thought it went more in the way of Phillips, right? For me, yeah, it's because, like, I'm always going to score the aggressor. The guy who wants to make the fight, the fight, I think it was, I think it was smart by Marshman to be on his back foot. They wanted to go toe-to-toe with Phillips, but I still think Phillips landed the more shots and he was coming forward. So me, I, I, I would have given Phillips the nod. 30-27 I was on that judge you know I yeah. don't know how you would have scored 30-27 the other way you know I found that very bizarre but um, it, it was a close fight but it didn't live up to what I thought it was going to be you yeah, know? So, so. And, but Marshman then like I say he done the smart thing but you know that's what he said he did he said that you said you don't stand in front of John Phillips they respected that power the other one uh, someone you know a lot about uh, Roberts versus Silver Claudio Silver from Team Titan obviously yeah. um, that was a great fight very good Dude, fight, that yeah. was a good fight. I, mean, I thought I was shout out for final night, to be honest. It was a really, really good fight. It wasn't like Roberts looked really good, hurt, hurt, hurt Silver a few times, but obviously I've trained with Silver and Coach Silver. I know how tough he is. He's one of those guys. He's in the gym. He's not as good as he is when he fights because when he when when he's in. A, it, I don't know, he just fights, you know, like you take a shot and he's a survivor and he gets a piece of you. And, he, and for me, a bit like um, Akamaya, I think, where his jiu-jitsu is so well-based for MMA, where he really, his weight, his pressure, he pushes you down into the canvas so you really feel the pressure. He's always on top, really. Well, not always, he wasn't back, but he always wants to be on top with you carrying his body weight. And I thought, you know, it's a shame how it ended, but I did feel that, Claudio was going to win that fight anyway if he did go to the decision. This is such a shame. And I say, I got a bit emotional listening to Danny Roberts' uh, interview afterwards saying, like, he didn't tap, he, didn't, he would never give up in front of his, his son and all that yeah. sort of stuff, which, but this, which I, this, I thought it was really, I thought it was a bad stoppage. Well, did he make it? Were you there cage side? Oh, no, I wasn't there cage side. Did he uh, make any noise when he... Because the actual rules for a verbal tap is you don't have to say tap. If you make any noise in pain, then the referee can take but, that as a... But, as... Yeah, but, yeah, but then you just got to use your... Literally, the ref was coming in at... I mean, this is where I think some refs got to have a better understanding of MMA. You can see that he, 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 may, may, he may have made a noise, I don't know. But he's working his way but out He's getting out. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like turned sometimes the corner. you make noise like... Like a little bit yeah. of a power, power struggle. How can you determine that as in pain and so and also he's like in the last few minutes of the last round yeah give 50 guy, seconds left give, or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah so give the guy give the guy a chance you know yeah. so. that says a lot from from you to say that especially as claudio's in in from yeah. your team and all that but i thought both of them put on a great fight i thought claudio showed some amazing uh jujitsu especially right. in trouble because that the point he got the, the almost the, what, 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 the verbal tap he had mahaka in a few Mate, times he was he'd it? been rocked so he, he yeah. went into survival but that that was that was great so i mean that's what he is he has that survival instinct you know you, and something you, you can't teach is that heart and grit you know and cloudy has that in abundance yeah and then mark dear casey put on one of the performances of the night against joe duffy and a performance which after the fight you saw exactly what it meant to him made the switch from att over to avt back in england with 
Danny Mitchell, uh, Daz Morris, that his team there looking after him, getting a camp for him, basically. Yeah. That's what he did. And what you saw within that performance was a rejuvenated fighter and somebody who was had confidence in what you did but then you also saw when you got the victory the emotions of the pressure of what all that meant coming in on a three fight losing streak not many people get a fourth go no. not many people do and he, he didn't just outpoint Duffy he, he beat him up those low yeah. leg kicks yeah. the dominant the wrestling kick. the yeah. calf yeah. kick was something else yeah I mean I remember speaking to um, Mardi Casey before and I was just I remember saying to him uh, you just got to go out there and be like person you was before you got in there you put too much pressure on yourself and he doesn't look as good going backwards he looks better going forward and straight away you know it took him a little while to like after those few calf kicks landing, I was like oh he's gonna be feeling and then it was just such a good game plan because it just like slowed him down and then once you saw switch that you saw he, yeah you saw um he had once you know that my Duffy Trish chance, you know that that's definitely not his best stance. And then you saw, yeah, again, IQ of uh, Mardi Gessi, East Ross stance, like kicking the other leg, you know. So, <laughs> it, but, but you just saw that kind of like, oh, I've got this, you know, like, yeah. oh, I, I can fight. And yeah. it's when it's that kind of switch of like, say, I've always said with uh, spoke about it on the first podcast, like, he's one of the most talented guys you're out there. He has physically as he well. He knows how to throw a jab. He knows yeah. how to throw a run. He knows how to do more things than I ever done, like spinning back, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But it's his mind, you know. And then you saw the the pressure and and the release because he came into the again like UFC with a lot of hype behind him. Yeah. Then he went on as a bit of a skid, you know. To, to turn it around with so much pressure because like he uses this job to feed your family. I kind of remember this for me in my own career when. When the one of my most uh, emotional wins was when I fought in the O2 as well when I uh, fought Rivera, right? Yeah. And um, I'd been down to flyweight. I went down. Everyone knew I went down to flyweight to try and get a rematch with Demetrius Johnson. Give him a rematch, yeah. Yeah, you give him, yeah, because I because you won the first yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah one of only two, two, three people to beat him. Yeah. Right, anyway, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I went down to that weight class, and, and like it, it didn't work out for me down there. And yeah, again. I was just find myself trying to find a fight within a fight where no one wanted to be there with me, running away, hitting me, jabbing him. He wasn't fun. Making him wait wasn't fun. So I went back up a weight class against Thomas Almeida. It was a cracking fight. Awesome fight. But then got caught with that uh, fluky knee. You know. I was completely fine. Completely fine as well. To this day, I was fine, honestly. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, I think then I came back. Uh, then I was like, Going into that fight, before the fight, in the back of my head, I was saying, if I lose tonight, I'm going to retire on the mic. You know, like, I was saying that, even saying to, said that to Sean Shelby, like, Sean Shelby, if I lose, let me retire, don't cut me. And Sean Shelby said to me, no, we ain't going to cut you. I'm like, no, I don't care. If I lose, let me let me uh, yeah. retire on the mic. On your terms, yeah. yeah. On my, yeah, on my terms, sort of thing. And I was in the fight, and it was a really close fight. Yeah. To this day, like... He won the first round, I thought. Yeah. Uh, you, he dropped, he, he, he dropped me. Yeah. Uh, and then I won the third round. Oh, yeah. 100%. Is that second round, even though when I watched it, I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I could have got anyone. I don't know. <laughs> who judged who won, this? Who, <laughs> won, who won this round? You know, I don't know. Like, uh, so, but now I got the split decision. And I, I was like, and I'm like, I started crying. I was like in such a much because like this. Oh, I, just I, release the I, release. I, I, I wasn't ready to retire then. No. I retired a year later, but I wasn't really ready to yeah. retire. But I felt like I was going to be forced to retire because you don't want to get cut. I, I don't want to get cut, you know. So yeah. 
um, yeah, so I, I felt the pressure that backstage when I saw him, I, I just like gave him a little bit of a hug and say, Mark, you know. Well done. Yeah, well done, man. Well because yeah, like now, yeah. I know, I know what it is. Yeah. No, it is. What, what a performance. And another one who put a performance of the night. For me, somebody who had come through adversity as well was Molly McCann took on Cohea in a stunning performance. And we're going to get joined by Molly McCann to talk us through all of that. So uh, uh, we'll jump to the phones and we'll be joined by Molly McCann in one second. So one of the biggest stories coming out of UFC London uh, was the victory with Molly McCann in that wonderful stadium. We witnessed it. We stood back with awe, and now she's joining us live on the pod. Molly, how are you doing? Do you know what? I'm sitting here with like a million stitches, a broken eyeball, and I'm still on cloud nine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've been there, you know the drill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, you still uh, on morphine? Is that is that worn um, off now? Well, it's starting to wear off because I, I lost my headphones before and started crying for me mum. But they trying to put me on all the codeine and all that kind of stuff. So we're literally getting in a car now, going back to the hospital to get checked out, and then I'll be going back to Liverpool. Well, so, look, what was actually the extent of your injuries? Did you break anything? Or you, did you break your orbital at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bottom of my orbital has got a fracture in. And they had to, like, put me to sleep, open my eye up, make sure that the orbital wasn't going to, like, keep moving and splinter off. And then they had to fix the... They had to put stuff back in line under my tear duct. So when I was crying, blood... It was actually blood. Do you know what I mean? Like, wow, I, yeah. It, that's, that's, it pretty, that's pretty gangster, that's though, isn't it? That's pretty yeah. gangster, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it, um, it was like a thumb round the side. I switched on and got, I think I landed a jab and she threw an overhand right. And, yeah, it caught me. And when it did, I just went... Did you, did you feel it straight away? Did you feel yeah, it? Yeah, I felt it. But yeah. I didn't think it was to the extent as it was. I just It just felt like a punch, to be honest. I didn't feel nothing break. But then she landed another shot and I felt the skin split on the top of my eyelid. I couldn't see straight away, so I thought I'd go southpaw, stand around and, and see out this round because I was looking to go and try and get the finish in the last round, you see. And I just thought, no. And then, <laughs> and then Rich, Mitch, Rich Mitchell was like, right, I need to bring the doctor in. And Chris Lamb came in and he was like, can you see, can you see? And I just like had to open my eye with my fingers and I was like, look, I can see yeah." And he's like, all right. Wow. Yeah, I would be absolutely gutted if he actually stopped oh, there. Oh, I know. Yeah, I went up this 48 seconds, just let me finish it out. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try and absolutely slug it out with him. Because <laughs> I knew, I knew the cra- he wasn't going to stop it again, do you know what I mean? And yeah. then um, I went to touch gloves. She grabbed me here and then leave me in the face and I thought oh my god womanship there going on but uh, did you get a little glimpse of it when you uh, before the referee called the doctor did you actually see how quickly yeah. it was filling up so I didn't see until um, there's like this little gif now that's going round where when I say to Chris like I'm ready to go I look at the camera and then I start shouting at the crowd and I just go point at my finger and then do like the cuff rope with me so I'm like this is it like <laughs> I'm going out on blades of glory, do you know what I mean? Uh, it, it was amazing. And and to say, wait, the journey you've been on from your last fight, and, and let's talk a little bit about that, the emotions 
after losing in Liverpool when you had that warm welcome, that, that ovation as you came into the, the arena, lost to Julian Roberts. And I saw the post-fight interview over that. You said you've never felt pain like it. And there's that old cliche that uh, you learn more from your losses. Is that the case? Because you came in so good and so relaxed and your weight was on point and you looked so sharp in the cage. Yeah. Did, did that motivate you more than ever? Yeah, well, the, we talked in Liverpool fights really, like, last minute. We didn't. I was told, like, you're not on the card. You're not getting signed to the UFC. There's no space for you. And I was like, all right, then. Um, and I had about £34 to cut in about five weeks. So I did the best that I could because I just won the real title at my Brad. So I was like, living the dream. And then come out and I just believed that I was going to absolutely kill it. And she just put me down and... and I don't know if it was UFC jitters or not, but I just made the wrong decision. So I've literally had to live with myself every day. It's been the hardest thing ever. But coming into this one, the ring walk was different. I was going back to old Molly. (laughs) I'm going to get... I'm from Norris Green. I'm from a tough area and I'm a a tough cat. And I got not a little bit soft, but I just thought, no, this old me is coming out. So when I walked to the for the London walk on Saturday, I was screaming, I was getting pumped up, I was like, no, we're having it, like, this is going to be an absolute war, let's go, and from that first, I just ran to it, the second bridge, which I went, go, I was like, boomf, how'd you like this, do you know what I mean? <laughs> But it was it was, it was an amazing performance, and and just to go back to the the fight week as well, because you thinking about having all that on your shoulders when you were coping with that loss, coming back in, there's pressure that comes in to go into a UFC fight. Uh, with I a don't loss. feel it this time. That's though. what I was going to say because like you, yeah. there's videos of those Katie Hunter doing an interview, and, and you did you were body popping behind her, and you yeah. you just like there was all the Instagram and social media was was you just enjoying it, and I think that that says a lot about your mental strength as well. Of having to go through what I've been through, and um, I, I said this in an interview. I said um, I didn't have any weight to cut. I didn't bath. I didn't sauna. I wanted to make a statement in every single area that I could. Like the UFC signed me on the premise of I am the next big thing, and I flopped at the first table. <laughs> now the second time around, I'm like, now I'm going to show you how it needs to be done, and I didn't have to sell tickets. I didn't have to run around doing all kinds of media like what they had me doing in Liverpool. I got to relax, I got to train. There was no pressure because I said the time I've spent on the mat is time saved. And you can't just like buy that and you can't like lose it. Like I was prepared in every single position that that fight went in. And we had really, really worked on Brad the first three minutes, stand off the second two minutes to take it down and get the sub in the first round. And I nearly got it. And, oh, I think, <laughs> what I do think, just to show that part of my game was brilliant. But then to win how I did by showing, like, I'm not going to give up even if you've got, I've got a broken bone. I think I made more fans for that. I was I was actually going to say we talked about how gruesome the injury is. So you've you've got stitches on your eyelid. Your tear ducts had to be reattached, so it's not yeah. just bleeding blood and all this stuff. But actually, having that injury, that's it's all gone viral. So that's added more light on your performance. And like you said, that fight had it all. But to to come through it looking like that and to get a little bit more buzz because now the world's seen you and your face maybe not at its best. <laughs> but look, yeah, but look, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not bothered about that kind of thing. But it was about spreading the message. I'm in the ambulance and the UFC is like, can you give us a quick uh, statement? And I was just like, look, this one's going out to everyone who's having a tough time. Do not give up. 
the days aren't they don't always stay so dark. If you keep trying, you, you can achieve it, and it does get better. And I'm like lying in the back of it. Yeah, I, I saw it. Way to the hospital, do you know what I mean? But it, I just thought, I don't know, it cost a lot to get me. It cost me personal life, it cost me relationship. Yeah. It cost me everything to get to where I am. And I wouldn't change the journey I've had to go on. And I wouldn't because it's going to inspire. People keep messaging me like, little girls want to be like you now. I only started this because of Ronda Rousey. If I'm doing the same for the next generation of English girls, British girls, whoever, then that's, that's my purpose. That's what I need to do. I did love that interview, or that little video you did in the back of the ambulance, as you phrased it, on the way to the Hozzy, which I loved. That yeah. <laughs> on the way that's to the Hozzy. That's yeah. right. But the, the picture there, there's you with the massive, I think they should make that a meme, where dreams come true. When you see the picture, you think, how can that be a dream coming true? But when we talk to you, and when we see what you did in the fight, what you've achieved, what you've overcome, that, that moment, that elation, all the emotions that have come with it, that journey. Uh, yeah, that, that... everyone in the hospital is going... Are you sure you're all right? Because I'm just laughing. <laughs> so they've gone, right, um, I've had the CT scan and all that, and they've gone, yeah, so you've just got a little laceration. So when the swelling's gone down, come back tomorrow and we'll get it. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then as I've got a bottle of vodka, I just about to start drinking. They're like, oh, no, actually, um, actually it's broke. And, and I was like, oh. So I was like, so when I can stop drinking, it was like six in the morning. I was like, sound. So I come back to the hotel and just got on it with all the fans. And then I had to go and have my operation. I was like, oh my God, why are you still drunk? <laughs> but, that, but that's the thing a lot of uh, like people don't realise. When you put your, your body on the line like you do when you fight, you don't really care what injuries you sustain as long as you win. Because they're, yeah. like, they're like... They're like Every scar tells a story. Like badges of honour. Yeah, yeah, badges of honour. You, you like you don't mind walking around the supermarket and people going, "What the hell happened to you?" Because <laughs> yeah. then you'd be like, oh, "I won," and they're like, "How did the other person look?" You know, like. But you when you, if you lose and you have like even like the smallest mark, I just you stay in your house. You don't want to move out. You don't. <laughs> like lights off, curtains closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've got the full story. But you know, in that fight, I got this sort of just ran home to me there. In that fight, I got to showcase everything. Uh, you once done a session with me down at Gym 01. Yeah. I remember you were speaking to a lad called Joe Lawrence, who was one of my old training partners, and you said, every fight, try and do something different. So you've got a bit of a highlight reel. And the UFC put a video up of the fight, and I, I was like, Joe, I've just like done every single special move that I ever have in the locker <laughs> in one fight. <laughs> You tried to, yeah, some, some really spinning back fists and everything. It was really impressive spinning to watch. Spinning back kicks, elbows. Jiu-jitsu, yeah. grappling, the, the lot. The thing I was actually, me personally, was most impressed with the performance where I thought, which completely separated you from your opponent, was your head movement. And her head was always there to be hit. She was throwing a lot of strikes, but her head was there in the center of that line. Yeah. Your head body... Tysonist, kind of where you, yeah, you have slip, slip and rip, yeah. which is perfect because she had a longer reach, and that's what you have to do when you're a little bit short is to slip and rip and get inside. And you've done a great, great job, fantastic yeah. job. When I got in there, I was like, like if I land the kick, my legs and arms are not short, she's catching me. So I had to like force or pretend I was going to like shoot in just to get into the machine a bit of a clinch and then just try and brawl a bit because. That's the only time I was really having success or when I was on the back foot, I could counter with hooks. It kind of all came back down to me on to boxing, but then I got to use the MMA wrestling and take down. It all came together, but 
but essentially it was just all the boxing. <laughs> yeah, but the boxing was beautiful. The, the commentary was talking about that as well, which which was really good to see and pick up. But but like you said, I think I think you've shown everybody every facet of you in that fight, not just your skills, but your your mental fortitude, your physical toughness, and also we've all seen you rise on this UK scene, but. The dream probably was to win in your debut in Liverpool and then carry on on that wave of emotion. But to come around and do it the way you've done it now, coming off the back of that loss, that shows us that you are everything we think you can be as well. This, the, the yeah. People believe in you and uh, and you're just showing them exactly why. And all that faith that they've kept in you for... The fan base you've got is unreal as well. When you ever see your... It, it was ridiculous. It was, but that's what I loved. I thought the, the actual fans at the, the O2 were brilliant throughout the event. But you've got to have earned fans around the world, not just in the UK, Liverpool and Europe. So so massive yeah, congratulations. Thanks. I'm finally world level at least. I'm not just Europe, I'm not just nation level, like I've done it now. I've got to be the elitist level and no one's gonna ever take that away. But I think the icing on the cake is being in the big smoke, being in the city, in the capital and getting the first English woman to win it just it was all meant to be this way, I think. That's uh, superb. I really enjoy every minute of, of this victory and all that comes with it. And, and we can't wait to see you back in there again. Whatever comes next, you've earned it and, and just keep on rising. Well done again. All right. Cheers, lads. Catch you later. All right, Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was Meatball Molly McCann. Uh, amazing performance, amazing perspective just to see, yeah. again, the emotions she had to go through and... Uh, for me, how mentally ready she was for fight week, despite those pressures, was probably what led to her being so loose and free in the cage and to come through the university as well. Super impressive. Especially being kicking that fight off the first fight of the night, a lot of pressure. And sometimes I think fighting first night, sometimes the crowd's not always not there. Oh, it, was, where... it was Grundy and Nadna Romani first, but ah, she was, she was there. She, uh, yeah. yeah, so like, yeah. I don't think the crowd was as busy as it was in no. Liverpool when she fought. She was, I think she was a bit higher up on the card, that card yeah. that night. In so, Liverpool, though, it was the, it was, I think it was the first fight in Liverpool and there was like 6,000 people oh, in there. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember she had a much, you know, it was bigger. Crazy. You know, yeah, yeah, for yeah. her there in Liverpool than it was. So sometimes, you know, but like, I was really impressed with her performance. Like I said, said on the phone call, her head, head movement was great. Yeah, uh, where the, the other lady head, head was always there to be hit, and like I say, just had to adapt. You know, her, her eye was closed. She switched southpaw using fighting. Still like, good. Still clipped yeah, with one eye. That was, yeah, that was looking impressive. That's using fighters IQ. You know, like yeah, she like I say, you had to survive a little bit. She in her head, she knows she's two rounds up. She just needs to survive, and she did. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about UFC London from your experience. So you've made that walk. You had what Dan Hardy calls, put you at the top of the best UK, European yeah, moments yeah. In, in the UFC. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was it like being as a coach and, and, and walking there with Nathaniel, your protégé? If I was going to be really honest, it didn't seem any different to me. In, really? In a weird way, in a weird way I, I was so focused on Nathaniel and his performance I didn't get caught up in anything. And like, when you're inside a stadium, you're inside a stadium, if it's in LA, you know, on the outside when you're walking in, on the outside when you're walking in, you see it's the O2 and brilliant. Yeah, okay, now it's different. When you're in the O2, it's not, it doesn't look that much different to any other big stadium when you're in there. So I just, be honest, I, was just, I wish I would say, oh, I felt this, I started crying. <laughs> Or something like just that. Just got on with the job. Yeah, yeah. Just, but yeah, yeah, literally just kind of like was so focused on the Fanny on his performance. Uh and just so happy for him. And yeah, you know, yeah, I'd kinda of, and the walk ain't that long, you know, he bombed in there and done. So 
but yeah, it, it, it was. I actually could probably got more emotional seeing Nathaniel Cuddley's dad before the fight. You know, like yeah, yeah, like, being being privy to uh, those yeah, those yeah, special those, moments, those yeah. little moments like that. You know, and like backstage. I mean, Nathaniel's dad backstage was like um, first time I ever saw him. He, he, I felt the moment caught him a little bit as well. He, okay, you know, he, yeah. he was very quiet when he's not as quiet as he normally is yeah. Yeah. I know he's not been feeling as well but I think that's probably due to the mental week as well <laughs> but uh, yeah so it was good to see, see him get a win that's yeah. it well let's let's talk to the man himself we're going to do a little phone call with Nathaniel Wood right now so here we are we are joined by the prospect the contender the superstar Mr Nathaniel Wood the changed man <laughs> How are Thanks, you, buddy? man? Now, how are I'm you? Very mate? good, mate. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Uh, we're, we're good, mate. Brad, you want to check something before we we did this? Yeah, um, we said three o'clock. I called you, but we actually called you at one minute two. Were, were you okay with that? I'm okay with it as long as I'm getting paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yes. No worries, Here no he way. comes. Here he. Listen, mate. First of all, congratulations. What what a weekend. What we're going to get into all sorts about the fight, the emotions that come with it. But I need to start off by just asking one question, and this is: You are a, a man of this city, one of the most uh, multicultural bohemian cities on the planet. We've got places, races, foods from all different parts of the world. Yet you chose for your post weigh-in meal, harvester. The harvester. The, uh, Always, other, other chain Always. pubs are available, but <laughs> this listen, you are now you're you are a legit superstar now, mate. And but you're still going back to the harvester. But also, we went in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We went in in there, and the guys recognised that we had got a twenty percent discount. So boom. Boom. I, I take it all back, mate. Twenty percent. And mate. I did. I did after the fight as well say to the guys, I said, look, boys, if I get a bonus tonight, a 50 G's bonus, I will treat you to another harvester. Oh, but unfortunately, goodness. I didn't get yeah. it, so therefore... So we're going to gouge it instead. Microwave meals around Brad's house then instead. There we go. Uh, but look, let's talk about this because, uh, my goodness, like the emotions that even somebody that is, isn't as close to you as, as Brad, like me, went through watching you do what you did and in that place were amazing. But just talk to us about waking up fight day, what what it was like knowing what went through your head, knowing that that day was here, that day you dreamt of uh, for as long as you've watched this sport, being involved in it was finally here. What was that like? It was huge, mate. And uh, obviously I was, I was with my dad earlier and I was explaining to him that, you know, the whole kind of lead up to the fight, I was just thinking, oh, man, I am living this dream. It all feels so right. I was enjoying every second. And it wasn't until, I'd say, about an hour before the fight that I actually thought that after all this stuff that's gone on, the press conference, being here, weighing in, making weight, everything, I thought, oh, I better make sure I win this to make that dream come true. <laughs> obviously, I got the win. You know, I was never in doubt. And, uh, yeah, mate, it was everything and more that I've dreamt of. Well, well let's, let's do it bit by bit. You talk about waking up, then even walking to the arena, walking in. You said that didn't quite hit, but when that that hour before, when you start thinking the, the unthinkable, what if what if it's a loss, and you're warming up backstage? What's I mean, what's that like? Because you're watching fights go out before your fights come back. You're on the main card as well, which I thought was awesome to see that the UFC have recognised that's where you deserve to be. But uh, from the backstage to the point where you walk out and you, your music starts and you first feel that arena, what was that like? Again, it was kind of everything I imagined, but enhanced, you know, the nerves started kicking in. Uh, it wasn't so much nerves, it was more the pressure of, 
man, what's this going to be like? <laughs> you know, I kind of got the same sort of thing uh, the day before at the ceremonial weigh-ins. You know, I remember being in the queue backstage behind the curtain and, you know, I started to think, oh, what if I don't get that many cheers? And when my opponent went out and I just heard them all kind of like giving him a bit of stick, you know, I just thought, man, it's, they're going to give me cheers. <laughs> they're going to give me some serious cheers here. And I went out and, you know, the whole kind of moment before the fight, after the fight, it was just all... It was like it being in a dream. And uh, before the fight, I was sitting thinking, after this fight, I'm going to have some time off. And now all I want to do is just get back in there. <laughs> uh, so I'll mention it. You had someone cage side who's been there before, who's like an icon of, of UK MMA, someone who's uh, who's achieved so much and loved by the fans. Uh, did Michael Bisbing talk to you at all? Boom. <laughs> 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 Boom roasted. Oh, Boom man, roasted. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm obviously joking. I get my coat. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Nathaniel. I just had to take a quick cheap shot at the man across the, the thing. But that jokes aside, what's it been like? Not not just having Brad in, in your corner, training you, developing you, uh, but just in your life as well. What 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 a bit of fortune that was. And I've said this to Brad separately that that you you two just moved close to each other and you started getting lifts to the gym with this crooked nose, bad singing, bad rapping gangster guy called Brad Pickett. Hey, it's, it's crazy. If you'd said to me 10 years ago when I was watching him that I'd be as close as I am now to him, I wouldn't have believed you. But yeah, you know, having him in my corner and the fact that he got to walk out with his, uh, his hat on and it was all, it's just, it's like, it's like being in a video game or something. <laughs> and it was kind of like, you know, it's not, it's not the the end of my career and I haven't just won the world title and whatever but it was kind of like that fairy tale ending for me almost it was that was the pinnacle that was where I wanted to be I wanted to be the O2 obviously I wanted to be the main event which obviously I wasn't but I got a win I had a huge a huge amount of support behind me I had my dad in my corner Brad in my corner every, and everything just went perfect and you know it, it really was special you know it really 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 was and uh you know for without a doubt that's the um the highlight of my career oh dude so um what we're gonna go go with now the finals obviously you've had three fights in the ufc leading up to the ufc uh, obviously you're knocking everybody out now you get to the ufc you you decided to uh submit everyone are we gonna <laughs> change your nickname to the south london strangler <laughs> well i think my dad my dad likes the sound of that i don't i like <laughs> The London Strangler sounds a little bit too too aggressive for me. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. Think I'm going to stick with it still. That's I, I was going to say, because like, you carry One of the comments I saw coming through, um, the, the comments pages from the interviews you did on Media Day, were just how well you carry yourself. And, and we've experienced that firsthand, just how professional you are, just what a nice human being you are, mate. And uh, it was good that that was coming across. So if we start calling you the Strangler, or yeah, exactly. it doesn't, doesn't quite fit, mate, does it? But, but honestly, on, on that note, Nathaniel, I didn't actually get to say this to you after the fight. But I've seen you grow not only as a fight, but also... With your interviews, I know it might sound silly. You get you, yeah. you when you first started doing interviews, you see you look you was a little bit reserved, and you didn't. Now you can see your true character coming out, and you're so relaxed when you're doing interviews, and it, it's so easy easy to watch. You know, some people who haven't experienced your fights just don't see what Brad does to you before, where he gives you a two piece and a sip of water before you get in the cage. When well, did that all start? No, we got before that. Brian did say after we have the little chat about this, he wants to experience this. You know, like <laughs> so he wants to have a little feel. You know. Brian's gonna do that, then I'll uh, 
Luckily, we're, we're on YouTube now, man. Luckily, <laughs> this is getting filmed, so you can see it, and everyone else that makes up for the time that you ate chocolate in front of me. Oh, I'm mate, do you know what? I actually felt like I felt so bad after that because we thought it was hilarious. We, if people don't know, we did a podcast before, and uh, Nathaniel was cutting weight for one of his fights, and Brad said he's, he craves chocolate so bad, so we brought. Dude, it, I like the way you seen we on this. It was actually his decision, <laughs> and it was completely Brian's. You know, like, there was no we in this. But the interview changed. I suddenly realised, oh yeah, because I just picture you as this nice, nice young man. But I do realise that you can absolutely kick it, most ninety nine point nine percent of the people's asses. And I'll put myself in that you bracket. You can't mess with a dieting man's food. No, mate, no, mate. But let's talk about the performance. How, how happy were you with it? Because I saw an interview straight afterwards, and, and you're already critiquing yourself, talking about taking too many leg kicks, uh, the take that you look very upset that he took you down. I mean, how happy were you with it? Because you, you, you choked out a guy with jiu-jitsu written on his chest. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That, <laughs> That's pretty mean, cool, isn't it? Looked, isn't it? Look to the footage back, I'm more happy. Yeah. But, you know, I'm always the type of guy where as soon as the fight's over, all I think about is what went wrong. So every shot I miss, I'm like, no, I've missed a shot. And I know, of course, no one's ever going to be perfect, but I'm always looking at, perfecting everything you know I always want to do my best and whenever I kind of miss a shot or you know take a leg kick I you know I jot that down and I'm like I messed up I messed it up and after the fight straight away all I was thinking about was everything that went wrong instead of the stuff that actually went right and now that I've seen the footage back you know and I've actually seen what I did correct and you know I got when he took me down I've been the, the 30 seconds I'd swept him. The sweep was beautiful position. as well, mate. That was a stunning sweep. Yeah, you, you know, it was nice to actually be able to put a little bit of my jiu-jitsu in and stuff that I don't always get to show in the fights. Um, you mean you've been put in a, in a bad position for once, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm re- really happy with the performance now. I just want to get a knockout. But I think what it is is the three fights I've had in the UFC so far, everyone's gone on the back foot. And, you know, back in the cage warriors days when I was getting knockout after knockout, everyone was coming forward. So I just need to find an opponent now who's going to come forward at me and, you know, then I can uh, look for that knockout of the night bonus. Also, a little thing that I actually only just thought about just now, which is a big difference, is the size of the cage warriors cage in, in the Indigo is a lot smaller. So you have to fight a little bit more. Yeah. And, and the fan who could cover distance quite quickly mm. he, he could be in the pocket quite quickly where the UFC cage is pretty massive and I, I used to always find that that was annoying for myself as well where chasing, I'm chasing yeah. people you know yeah. you need, need to get sponsored by some running shoes or something you know? <laughs> but let's yeah. let's 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 I'm going to throw this to, to Brad because you're in the corner. I've got, and also I've got to say because I was, it's it's hard not to watch you as well when you're watching the fight, looking through the cage and, and seeing what you're doing. And I didn't know if the emotions would get to you as far as the night and the 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 walk and all that. But your cornering was so calm, so composed. You literally just went, look, just keep the pace, keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna you're gonna break it. How happy were you with that that first round? And was is it, is it that performance that gave made you relax so that you could. Just guide him through that second one. I'll, I'll be honest, from, from my point of view, the more I've been in the corner with, I relax a little bit more. I believe in him so much as in his ability. So I can look at someone and know when they're outclassed. And one thing that Nathaniel can do, which he does in a lot of his opponents, which I commented on after that first round, he puts a crazy pace on a fight. And then they start off like, yeah, let's go, and let's go, <laughs> let's do this. And they try and keep up with that pace. And then they're like, 
Oh, he's not slowing down. Yeah, he's what's still it, coming. Uh, yeah. it, you know, when we're we going to stop? When we have a little like high five break or something? And he's Let's like, have a cuddle, quick. Yeah, come yeah, on. So yeah. like, normally it's like your go, my go, your go, my go. Where Nathaniel's literally just his go the whole round, you know? So, yeah, I, I, for me, when I was in the corner, I, I was very calm. And I could see, yeah, again, normally you see people fade towards the end of like the second round. He was fading towards the end of the first round, and I knew he was going to fade even dramatically within the second round, you know, so I was happy, you know. It, it, it was impressive, mate, and and you talked about Brad, but let's talk about your dad in the corner as well, because that's something I love. I've, I've met your dad. He's a legend in his, his own right, and what words did you have before and after when, when that was all said, and then what father-son moment did you have? Well, before the fight, my dad always, he pulls me over for, for a sort of a, a minute prep talk, you know, and he just basically tells me, you know, it's probably something like you see in a movie. It's a real kind of like, get in my head moment and you know he'll tell me how hard I've, I've worked and how much I deserve it and you know he just says it's nice and, it, and to some people it might sound cheesy but he just tells me how proud he is of me okay. and you know just basically go in there and get the job done and you know when he gives me that kind of little prep talk that's like you know that's almost like Brad giving me a couple of slaps that gets me fired up and you know, when I have that and then coming out with the crowd, I'm just, oh, mate, I'm buzzing. And, you know, there's no one I believe in the world that would, would stop me after I have a prep talk and a slap in the face like that. <laughs> I love that, mate. I love that. And uh, this last 12 months as well for both of you has been an amazing journey. You getting into the UFC off the back of all you did, uh, getting the Cage Warriors title, and then three wins, three finishes. I mean, that's that's pinching. I can't think of another European fighter that has had a better year, better 12 months than you. I mean, do you look back at all or do you, uh, is it always just keep looking forward? Oh, it's, well, that's the thing. I'm always just looking forward. But it was, again, it was today. I was in the coffee shop with my dad and I said, wow, it's only been one year since I fought um, Luca Ovin on my last Cage Warriors fight. And to think of how far I've come in the space of a year, it's, even those two years, even like for me, as a coach, for me, the biggest change in your career is when you fought Vaughn Lee and you, oh, yeah. and you beat a UFC veteran. And I think you said to yourself, I can do this as, and this is where I can, can be. Beating a UFC veteran convincingly. Good, good, good and level. that's what gave you that yeah. extra little skipping your step kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you turn up to training at 10 minutes earlier, going to train a little bit longer, a little bit harder than everyone else. And yeah. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it comes down to the confidence. You know, I, I believe there's a lot of talented fighters out there. And well, to be honest, I know a lot of talented fighters and they haven't got the confidence. And when you haven't got that confidence behind you, you just you, know, you just end up crumbling. And, you know, I see fighters and they could, be, they could go so far if they just believed in themselves. And, you know, as I say, it sounds so cheesy and corny sometimes, but I honestly think that if you've got the confidence and, and the belief in yourself... And then you just put the work effort in, you're going to get the results. And that's what I've been doing for the last two years. And to say where well, I've come in the last two years is, is huge. And I, and I put a lot of that down to, to just being confident. Confident and the work, obviously. Uh, but we've talked before, and you, you do that the mental stuff as well. You've got like a, a message board, haven't you, with things you want to achieve, yeah? Yeah, I have got a, um, like a sports psychology guy as well called um, Mind Sport Consultant by a guy called Bob that helps me out. But a lot of it I do put down to just my, my own kind of belief in myself. And a lot of it just does come from the work ethic. You know, I know there's no one out there that I've met that trains harder than me. 
So for me, that's a little tick in the box. You know, every time I go into a fight, I'm thinking this guy hasn't worked as hard as I have. This guy hasn't got the team that I've had. And every little time I drop something down, that's a little extra boost of confidence. And you know, I honestly feel like when I when I go into the fights, I'm bulletproof. And what was the last thing you jotted down on this ball? What was the last thing that you you uh, you put on there as far as either a target or an achievement? The last thing I put was this year to remain undefeated. That was the the main thing, and put in top top ten. So yeah. I'm coming for that that top ten space. First bit's dead easy, mate. Just take the next ten months off, all right? Just relax with that. Then <laughs> 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 you've done that one. No, but honestly, I th- I think the trajectory and and the response you got, and also the platform you were on. On Saturday night, I, I, like, I, I truly believe like a star was born in that, that arena. I know there's all work and there's years behind it and it's years to become that overnight success, but I think people really saw, really really took you into their, their arms. The pop you got when Bruce Buffer announced you, that was mind-blowing, mate. Yeah, mate, it, was, it was special. As I say, even though I've just been thinking about having some time off and a break, now what I want to do is do it again. Sorry. It's always it's always the way. Always. <laughs> yeah. the, the the thing that happened though. We got. I've got to ask you a couple of questions before we let you go. You won the fight, and then you had the after party. Yeah, you had this after party. Did you? Mm-hmm. How how many diet cokes did did Brad have? Uh, I didn't actually get drunk at all. No. I, I got dust up in two weeks. So I was fine. That's why I said diet cokes, mate. How, how, I mean, did, did he bust out any of the old moves? He just sat down reading the book, didn't he? It, he? Wasn't, it wasn't my it. type of music. He was too busy uh, taking pictures. And oh, it's good. He was, he was living the dream again, wasn't he? Is that uh, <laughs> a uh, one-punch hat? <laughs> and will, will you still share a, a car with him to the gym so you can have your uh, your rap battles en route to Team Titan? Mm, I or don't we... know now, mate. I might be in the, uh, the Addison League. Awesome, mate. Awesome, mate. So look, we'll get, we'll let you get, we'll let you disappear now. Brad, do you want to have any any words? I mean, we'll just pretend no one else is here. You can have a moment, all right? Okay, no okay. one's watching. No one's listening. Just you two. My moment. Of this, I said to you, it'll only be ten minutes. It's actually be double that time with uh, twenty minutes. Is this going to cost me extra or what? It may. I've I've put you on the, the minute at the minute rate. So at okay. the moment. We're, uh, we'll Talking have a chat when, when the uh, recorder's off. We've got an expensive <laughs> bill coming your way. Okay. I, I'll invoice, uh, you have to invoice one punch limited. Uh, look, mate, you got to go. We've, uh, we'll have we let you, uh, but once again, well done. Congratulations, mate, all right? Perfect. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it, and I'll send you the bill. All right. Thanks for your time. <laughs> bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. So that was Nathaniel Woods. Amazing stuff. Congratulations once again to him. But we should also congratulate somebody who has given some great plaudits during the, the UFC London event. Uh, Michael Bisbing entered into the Hall of Fame. That's, that was special. He didn't seem to know it was happening either. They, they shot the VT up and he was sat there and he was you could see him speak to his mate and say that I didn't know this was going to happen. But well deserved, yeah? Yeah, 100%. He, like, he's been, the, uh, been, around for him, been around the scene for him for a long, long time. I remember final on... The shows like Cage Rage, you know, obviously he fought in Cage Wars, but he fought on the same show as me, he fought in Cage Rage. Didn't see him going off, seeing him going to America, didn't what he did in Alma Fire. And uh, found that funny because every time he spoke, they done subtitles. <laughs> That's the know? best journey because he's yeah. gone from subtitles on The Ultimate Fighter to now being one of the main presenters for exactly. ESPM. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so that's that's a journey in itself. And yeah, so like then I was sharing the cards with him when he uh, avenged his loss against um, Dan Henderson in Manchester. 
Uh, and then, then obviously that epic fight with uh, um, Anderson Silva in the O2, which was just mental. So just, yeah, his whole career kind of like shows hard work and just persistence. You know, I, I mean, like when he, when he fought Luke Rockhold and won his belt, I mean, I was surprised if anyone would have thought you'd done that. You're yeah, first round KO. Apart from yourself, because like when I look at that fight, they fought each other not that long ago. Yeah. And he got... Submitted with one arm. Pretty, mounted guillotine. Pretty, yeah, pretty easily got beat. Yeah. And then he took the second opportunity at him on short notice. Yeah, and he was went filming out, at the time, wasn't he? And when it, so when I look at Michael Obispo, I don't see him as a, a finisher. So I'm like, he's taking this fight on short notice. He, he got beat by him already. He's not gonna have the gas tank. That's why Bisping was phenomenal with his gas tank and pressure they could put in fight. He's not gonna have that gas tank now. So I'm like, where is he gonna win this fight? How is he gonna win this fight? And then there you go. That's straight, how he, that's straight how he left to the chin. You know, like, that's yeah, it. Boom. And then like, yeah. So and he was humble when he won it. Of course he was. That's the whole thing. I just found I found it just truly amazing and like. It just shows shows that you just keep going, you can go well, and you can intrigue like Well, you, the Forrest Griffin in the actual VT said, that if I'm talking to someone about determination or young fighters, Michael Bisming is my example. The don't quit, the wipe off the losses, the keep on moving forward, never give up on your dreams. Michael Bisming epitomizes that. So congratulations to him. That's uh, an amazing achievement and uh, he's paved the way now for the future generation which is very exciting indeed if you want to check out uh, some of the stuff going on on bt sport this week you can see ufc connected ufc london focus that's 9 p.m on bt sport 2 dan hardy's open mat is on twice this week so it's 9 30 on bt sport 2 on tuesday and 9 p.m on thursday that's really good they sort of break down the ufc london fights john kavanagh's there they look back at techniques uh great one and then we have saturday night we have Wonderboy thompson taking on anthony pettis uh on BT Sport 1 1 a.m. back to late nights don't forget Bonnie there back to late night UFC watching 1 a.m. is the prelims and then 3 a.m. BT Sport 1 is the main card same again keep supporting the show make sure you give us a rate and review this is how BT Sport know that you're going to enjoy this so go on there give us five stars uh, give us a little review tweet them at BT Sport UFC you can get me at Brian Lacey MMA and Brad at one underscore punch Bonnie got anything to say before we disappear that'll do <laughs> we will see you next week thanks for listening Isaac Quainall Tom Stewart now that KO has 4K people will see every detail I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart. Delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Hey. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.